This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Come, Patriots fans. We are to go on an adventure all the way out to Wisconsin, Green Bay. For pretend season game number two is nigh Andy Hart and all the Foxborough faithful and good people of Patriots Nation. That's right. Preseason game number two is on the horizon. Patriots at Packers. Can the Patriots improve on their offensive performance from week one against the Texans? God, I hope so. Will the defense remain as stalwart or at least the starters? Chances are they'll actually probably face some starters this week. Special teams battles galore. Will this game be entertaining? All these questions and so many more to be answered on today's edition of Six Rings and Football Things with your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart. Brought to you by your friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. And don't forget, we are sponsored by the good people at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Stick around on today's podcast. The first half is a mailbag where we're answering the questions asked by you, the fanatics of Patriots Nation. Uh, we'll give you some insight on some of these questions, provide you with the best information we've gotten from joint practices and beyond. In the second half, we will preview Patriots at Packers and provide you with bum, 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 the FanDuel Sportsbook Six Rings Bet of the Week. Gentle reminder, last week we started off hot 2-0. and oh. uh, I bet under last week as 36.5, final score 20-9. to nine. Felt good about that one. Andy had the Texans. Spoiler alert, we may have similar bets this week, or will we? Stay tuned. Andy. What's on your mind right now as we make our way through the joint practices? Week number two, Pat's looking to improve, better showing. Bill Belichick doesn't seem to really care as much about the preseason as the rest of us do. Uh, it's just, is it even an audition? What? How does Bill Belichick look at the preseason? There's your first question. I think uh, opportunity. Opportunity for the lessers, I think. I think he focuses more on that. I think the joint practices, which they're in the midst of with the Packers and we'll have next week in Tennessee, I think that's where he looks to get work done. You know, there were the reports yesterday. He lost his uh, mind a little bit after one rep, and he's very much invested in the practice field. And Mac talked about how they were replicating something they'd succeeded at and didn't, and there was a communication issue. And, like, I think he's dialed in, locked in during joint practices. Preseason action, I think he sees more for the sort of the next tier of the roster. It's more important to... Um, and then from a, a what are we looking for, what's going on kind of perspective, I don't, you know, even Evan Lazar, who mm -hmm. I think is generally positive towards the team, and he mm -hmm. was bef long before he ever started working for mm -hmm. the team at Patriots. Right. He's part of team media, analytics driven at times, but yes, he's mostly yep. on the pro-Patriots side. Um, I believe as he wrote it about the offensive line, not pushing the panic button, but hand is hovering over said panic button or something like that. And again, there we are. We are the ones uh, people. I know you like to uh, Fitzy's a Fitzy's a hump and too obsessed with the, the language and the bad jokes and hard is such a hardo and he's Mr. Football. We're out in front of every single one of these storylines that eventually 
Once Patriots.com, NBC Sports Boston, maybe other national outlets pick it up, then it's a story. But oh no, don't listen to us months before Marcus Jones gets his first snap on offense as we tell you there'll be a better team with Marcus Jones. We've been calling it the bum fight in the hobo rumble since freaking March. And it's God. playing out as that and maybe even more so. Um, even Trent Brown, um, who I kind of mocked two weeks ago when he spoke, a week ago, it all blends together when he was like, we'll be fine. We'll, we all hang out together. We'll be fine once we get out there. Yesterday was not quite as optimistic and was kind of like, yeah, we need to get our guys out there and run some reps and get moving. But yesterday was a perfect example. They were cruising offensively, doing some nice things. Then they went more situational game situations and the wheels fall off. It is sacks, it's penalties. And certainly some of it is, is rookie mistakes. You have uh, a Tony, yo, not Antonio, a Tony, um, Mafi out there. You have city. So at right tackle. Now you have Riley reef bumping into guard. You just have a little bit of a, a mess. I don't. I mean, it's great that Trent Brown's back out there now, out there in pads, working with that group. Mm -hmm. But they still have a long ways to go. I don't think. I mean, Adrian Clem is probably not sleeping all that well these days. In whatever hotel he's in, whatever rental he's in in Foxborough, and, and why would Billy O'Brien and and Andy to dovetail off of that? Why would Bill O'Brien be sleeping well these days? Because just because Adrian Clem has his work cut out for him, everything that he's able to do or unable to do, or what he needs to do ties directly into the success of Bill O'Brien, the reconfigured offense, the new players, the rookies, and of course the redemption tour or the needed improvement of Mac Jones as well. Uh, Matt Light was kind enough to join us earlier in the week on the Six Rings podcast, and if you missed it, it was a great chat. Uh, listen to Matt's words on leadership, on what it's like to be a football player, working with Billy O'Brien, his, his, his fond remembrance of Adrian Clem, so much more. Uh, and don't forget to make a donation to the Light Foundation and register for the fun, fun, fun sweepstakes he has for the week one game. Celebrate TB12.com. You can buy your entries to get a chance to win a photo op with Tom Brady, as well as tickets to Eagles at Patriots. Um, will he be bringing his new supermodel girlfriend? All right. We don't know about that. I don't know if Miss Shake was part of the equation. Well, <laughs> is that her name? Shake? Irina Shake. Must be nope, 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 nope. like <laughs> nope. Once again, thank you very much, FanDuel, for sponsoring this very appropriate and family-friendly football. Money maker. All right, we're gonna shake it up by getting back cake. on track. All right. Uh, anyway, I get Matt was talking about right in. Uh, no, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> that that is just a terp. Yeah, let's just please go ahead. It was at the six-minute mark. Thank you very little. So, uh. This is what it's like. And I feel like a kindergarten teacher have even your dog behind you. If you're watching on YouTube, stood Getting up, up to he was like, he's like, <laughs> he's like hey, screw this. I'm out. Of here. <laughs> so anyway, uh, where were we? Good. All right. Let's start again. This is six rings in football. <laughs> Things brought to you by FanDuel. Um, FanDuel. Uh, what was brought to you by FanDuel. Sounds like Andy's angling for uh, a different sponsor. So um, Matt Light was talking about why he believes the offensive line can work. But as simple as it may be, you know, it's all just about health and reps. And if you can't get these guys out, like if there's not good communication, if you don't have good health, if you don't have continuity, there won't be any success. And, you know, he said also like the, the energy of Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem is going to help. Uh, and it was so visible last year that there was poor coaching and terrible communication. And that's why the frustration built on the line spilled into Mac and then was team wide. 
And I, I get it. I, I get this terrible feeling that if the offensive line has issues once again, no matter how good the coaching from Clement O'Brien is, no matter how great the play scheme and design is, Andy, we may see. I'm not saying it's going to look like last year's offense, but we may see similar issues because it's just going to collapse on itself. Well, and the problem is, I think we all have questions, whether it's the offensive line or the offense in general, we all have questions about how talented they are, how good they are. Mm -hmm. But you may not get to those because of the line. Like, you don't even get to find out how good they are because of the limitations that could be in place just based on reps, personnel, changes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think everyone is still holding out hope. Okay, well. It's no longer a month. Now it's closer to three weeks, but there's still a significant period of time before games, before you need your starting five out there and you're still holding out hope you'll get your best five. And who knows, maybe these reps and these opportunities kind of reconfigure the depth chart. And maybe you find someone in Mafia or you find someone mm -hmm. in so who ends up being a part of the picture that you didn't exactly think of two months ago when it was Anderson and Reef and McDermott. Who knows? We'll see where it all mm -hmm. plays out. But I don't think there's any question. There is no bigger issue that this team needs to deal with than the offensive line. And I, I know we've talked about like the make or break year for Mac and how much pressure is on Billy O and all that. If you're going to be honest, you may not get to find that out depending on whether, how the line produces, how the line plays. And that's to me, that would be the most disappointing thing if the line is banged up. So you never get five guys and then. Once even you get some five guys, it's not good. And there's penalty because they're not good enough to overcome penalties or, no. you know, nope. a runaway rusher that turns. Maybe Ramondre has a good run on first down. So now we're at second and four because he got a nice six yards. What oh, great. You know, yeah. we're, doing, we're doing play action because this is a great time for all oh, Mac is sacked. And now we're at third and 11. And it's yeah. like, well, that's six run. Six yard run went down the crapper pretty quickly. And you, they're not good enough to overcome those things. And I do worry that there's going to be too many of those things. Lost yardage, set. Because even we kind of gloss over it in the first game. Like the running game was adversely affected by the line as much as the passing game was. My guy, Kevin Harris and Pierre uh -huh. Strong. Do you know so, what it was like? Hey, the, uh, John Lyons trotted this stat out the other night. Uh, and he's got a good question coming up for us here in the mailbag. But John Lyons did, brought this out when I hosted the Rich Keefe Show Monday night on WEI. When the Patriots ran to the left side, against the Houston Texans ran. If you can see on YouTube, I'm using the giant rabbit ears because there wasn't much running. There was more just like praying and hustling and avoiding. They rushed the ball uh, for, I think it was uh, 11 times for 20 yards. Sweet. 1.8 yards per carry you can off left guard and left tackle. <laughs> I'm just, honest to God. I mean, the only positive yardage in the run game, Kevin, Kevin Harris, just stymie JJ Taylor, a couple scoots. Your leading rusher was Malik Cunningham. I think with 34 yards. Uh, I mean, he got 27 on the final draft and he's the freaking quarterback. Also, Matt light did point out that the, the, the key to the whole thing, obviously with the communication and good health is David Andrews. And I, I want to ask you, Andy full well, knowing that, you know, you need to have, you know, Cole Strange's play improves drastically when David Andrews is out there. He's been pivotal with the development of Michael when as well. Uh, and who knows who may be coming in and out of this line now uh, could have extra linemen with, with 11 personnel. Cause you only have like a decent tight end right now. Would you play David Andrews in the preseason full well, knowing how pivotal his health is to the line? Probably not because a that same, but also same. opportunities. Like I can get some guys out there to get some reps to see who they are. Cause I think, you know, who David Andrews is. I think you're comfortable with, he'll be ready. 
Um, and just to sort of use David Andrews as a leaping off point, I have another, I don't know if it's a growing concern, just a thought. Okay. So we're talking a lot about guys that need to step up, guys that need to break out, guys that need to yes. get back to whatever. We, mm-hmm. we do a lot of that. Well, those are 50-50. We'll see how those play out with each individual guy. I'm also wondering sort of the opposite of that. David Andrews, Lawrence Guy, mm-hmm. Adrian Phillips, Matthew Slater. Is there a concern that some of your stalwarts might start to show their age and might be more the name more than the performance? Like Lawrence Guy, I think, is one of the most underrated patriots of the of the era. Mm-hmm. But if he's not as good, well, who's stepping up? Is Barmore stepping up? Is Keon White stepping up? Is Dietrich Wise taking it again to an? Uh, so I, there's there's a veteran core of old reliables. Let's call them old Patriots okay. reliables. Mm-hmm. Guy Andrews, Slater, Phillips, kind of in that core. Even Jonathan Jones is not getting mm-hmm. any younger, and now he's got whatever he's dealing with over if two those, weeks. If those old reliables regress to steal a word that was big around Mac Jones in the offense a year ago. If those old reliables regress, that's a problem. Cause now you, now you can't hope for other guys to, to jump and be better and reach their potential. You need those guys to make a jump and reach their potential. So as much as we fixate on jumpers and positives, I think we have to fixate on some of these veteran reliables and, and check in like week two, week three, and say, are they as good as, they've been for five years are they as good as we expect them to be or do we have even more holes that we didn't see coming because these guys are getting old right i'll even i'll even lump adrian phillips into that category as well uh like that there's someone they're going to rely on and at, at one of the only positions of depth being safety as well uh geez louise here everything was trending positive and for some reason now all these elements of reality or questions continue to circle like vultures over the 2023 patriots they need good practice. I mean, the practices have been beneficial, but they need a showing on Saturday night. Although I can't promise I'm going to. This is a must-win preseason game. <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, this question. Comes from uh, hey, it's a must-win game, bro. This question uh, actually, Andy, here in the old mailbag early analysis portion of the Six Rings podcast comes I don't to you know why from you don't let emails. Send in there. Uh... Good morning, football. Just going to go ahead and just pod right past that one. It's gender free. It's agenda free and gender free as well. Oh, I like it. Thank That's you. Good. We should get t-shirts. Thank you. Made. All right, we'll get t-shirts made. Yeah, it sounds like Wiggy said both. And Callahan, uh, uh, <laughs> Jerry, not Andrew. <laughs> Here we go. Um, this question comes from Good Morning Football at GMFB. Is Mac Jones the quarterback with the most to prove in the AFC? Um, because Peter Schrager believes it was. Jason McCourty said it's Russell Wilson. Uh, Kyle Brandt on Wednesday's Good Morning Football said it's Tua, believe it or not. I think it's Deshaun Watson personally, but Mac's got to be right up there. Uh, I think Mac is up there. I would also throw Herbert up there. At some point, he needs yeah, just to win got something. paid. Right. At some point, I need to get like franchise return on investment from a guy who, yeah, he's cool. He throws a good ball, blah, blah, blah. He's skilled. You know, Schefter believes he's already a Hall of Famer, that whole thing. Well, I don't know, maybe win something, do something with your talent and a pretty good roster around you. Overcome your coach. If your coach is a problem, whatever, figure it out. But uh, the one thing I will say that so they're all candidates. You know, Mm -hmm. Watson is certainly an interesting one because of his contract. Mm -hmm. It's all guaranteed. So he's doing okay for himself. And Um, and also missed two thirds of the season last year. So now he's got to I think he needs to show up and validate the forty six million 
guaranteed that they're paying him. The the thing that I would say is Russell Wilson is battling to um, buff up his legacy because he is a, a a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, mm-hmm. but boy has his te- his legacy and his reputation taken a hit over the last couple of years with sort of retroactively people saying what happened late in his tenure in Seattle and then obviously what happened in Denver. But I would say Mac is a good answer because we've talked about this. His career is on the line. His hundreds of millions of dollar contract is mm-hmm. on the line. His next step, whether it's a Patriots quarterback or a journeyman somewhere else, is on the line. So I think he probably does have the most to prove on the field and off the field where he has to prove he can be, you know, a cool, calm, collected leader of a franchise and not a uh, McEnroe hothead. Yeah, I mean, he's got doubters and detractors all over the media and the parking lots at Gillette in the stands may still even have some internally. Obviously, things did not go so swimmingly last year with he and his positional coaches, even his head coach. Now he's given. Are they really giving him the best chance, though, at redemption with a line that has issues and is in complete flux, sometimes disarray, it seems no elite wide receiver. I mean, if you want to talk about just giving fodder to the Belichick doesn't like Mac Jones crowd. And, you know, but why would Bill Belichick at the same time torpedo his own success? Just to, like, why would he cut off his nose to spite his face by not doing the most he can to help Mac Jones win? Because, you know, the way it kind of works is like if Mac Jones wins, Bill Belichick kind of wins too. You know how it's weird. Know? Yeah, yeah it's really weird. weird. The correlation between the two. It's really strange. Damn, I think we just stumbled across something. Uh, here we go. Okay. Next coming up. Uh, 13 sacks, by the way, given up in the first day of uh, combined practices. That's great. Uh, John Lyons, our pal at the station wants to know, curious to know if you guys think a move of on when you to right tackle could happen and have one of the younger guys play right guard. If the struggles continue now, Matt light earlier this week said, gee whiz, he went to right tackle in a moment of need in 2020 and was terrific in his rookie season, six rounder out of Michigan. Yet bill continues to say, no, he's a guard. That's where he's going to play guard. I mean, I, are we not near the point where you need to like kind of futz around with that if he can get healthy and come back because he was great out there what do they not want to have to pay him as a tackle in case they hold on to him guards get paid too yeah i i don't know if it's financial i don't know if it's stubborn like nope we envision him as this and we're going to prove that he is this because i think you reached the point last year with all the struggles at right tackle that he should have been a consideration for right tackle before um connor mcdermott kind of swooped in and solidified it a little bit down the stretch I would have done it already. I would have done it last year. I would do it this year. I think it's easier to find a guard. I think it's easier to protect a guard in there. So if you have to put a City So or Mafi or even a, an aging guy like Reef, maybe you go, you know what? Reef has lost a little bit of lateral movement and athleticism. Maybe we can stash him at right guard as long as on when who's good enough at right. I would absolutely mm-hmm. consider it. But my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. Matt Light's opinion doesn't matter. I'm not even sure Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem's opinion matters. It seems like one opinion matters, and that is Bill Belichick. Uh, Fair point. Uh, Joey Mack, with everything you've seen so far this summer, fellas, what do you put as the ceiling for this team? The roof. (laughs) What is the? Nope, nope. Nope. Once it, boy, Terp's going to have a lot of editing to do on this one. This I'm going to miss out on half the podcast. Uh, I would uh, say the ceiling for this team is nine wins. Wow. You've dropped now. We know that uh, if you visit FanDuel right now, the betting line, seven and a half wins, it has not moved one way or another. Uh, a lot of people are now starting to trend in the seven or six direction. 
Although you still have plenty of people, Mac Island residents, big Billy O believers who think that 10, 11 wins is possible for this team. I, I don't know. Wait, I is mean, Billy O a magician. Cause I, oh, I'm just, a big just, like the, just like the illusionist that was on hard knocks episode one that like turned the deck of cards into like a little fishbowl. Yeah, that's what that's you're going to need There are a few people that <laughs> like and respect Billy O more than I do. Yep. And, I mean, he can only do so much. I mean, you can only, you know, the chicken you-know-what can only mm-hmm. be turned into, at best, it's chicken salad. Now you're asking him to make, like, the best chicken Chicken, chicken a la king. Yeah, I something. know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what you're doing. Like, um, And I am trending. I'll, I'll be honest. Ton, very honest. I had doubts and limited mm-hmm. expectations heading into the season, and I'm trending negative from what I've seen. Lack of depth, offensive line continuing to go longer and longer as a question mark. I'm trending negative right now, which most people are like, no kidding, Andy. We've heard you before. You always trend negative. Not true. I'm kind of going with like the uh, record prediction palindrome. Either it's going to be seven and 10 or 10 and seven. That, that's where I am. Like the ceiling I say is 10 and seven. wins, you should run naked through the st- streets of Boston. No one wants to see that. The idea is to celebrate, not not wish away your days as a human being because the, our time is fleeting in this earth to begin with. But that's where I am too. Like 10 and seven, just the record's too difficult. They got too, so much work to do. And even if they perform optimally, injuries are going to happen. There's too much talent in the oh, division. 10 and yep. seven, I got for a ceiling. Uh, Mike G, if the season begins tomorrow, is Booty on the roster? No practice squad. Yeah. He just hasn't been a, I thought he got off to a slow start to camp and B, even mm-hmm. when he's come on, he's been sort of inconsistent within some of those practices. I, I just need to see more to me. He's a practice squad talent right now. Maybe mm-hmm. he can jump up and do something in the coming preseason games and joint practices, but I just don't think he's worth a pra- uh, roster spot right now. Uh, and these are two tough ones, Andy, but these are the people that follow us. These are the people with questions. These are the people that want their voices heard. And we are here to do nothing, if not amplify them, answer them, potentially mock them, or sadly agree with them. Charlie don't surf wants to know, Hey guys, what week will fans be wearing brown paper bags by in July? He's going old school jets and ain'ts fans on us. Wow. Wow. Let's say, Oh, ain'ts week five, right? That, that would be, be after an Owen four start brown paper bags. Oh, Andy, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so, Jumbo. Or late in week seven, you play the Bills. If you're taking another ass whooping from the Bills at that point, and you're like one in five or one in six, whatever it would be at that point, two and something, I would put that as a possibility. Do you rule it out? A and brown also, paper bag? No, I yeah. don't. No, I, 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 really I either. no, Andy. From listen, the reason why before I go in and do my, you know. Uh, you know, jumbo head on the jumbotron routine in the stadium, watch the game and then drive back to Brighton and do the post game show with you. I spend time in the lots each and every week because there is no better way. It's like the whole Tommy boy thing. Like, you know, uh, sticking your head up the cow's rear just to get a, a, a good look at the steak and take the, the butcher's butcher. word. Yeah. Ask the butcher. Exactly. So I stick my head up the proverbial cow's rear and ask the butcher by going out and trolling the lots for an hour and a half and just trying to get a feel for what the, what's on the fans mind last year. Last year, there was such palpable frustration from most of the fans. The I'll just believe in everything Bill says, and I'm not worried about it. And Bill, we trust they're the Patriots. You see that that's the Patriot way, blah, 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 was ebbing and eroding significantly. Fans were telling me left and right. You don't need to hear it from social media. Go hear it from someone who's drinking their breakfast while they're frying up, uh, you know, so a little sausage and peppers, you know, 
eggs and bacon, doing the chit, you know, buffalo chicken for breakfast. Highly underrated. Definitely recommend it. Uh, these people are frustrated. And it's not because they haven't been spoiled. Of course they've been spoiled. But when decisions like letting Tom Brady go and then turning the team into like, uh, you know, a 500 competitor for several years in the turnaround are made, you're going to have fans saying, but wait, why did you do that? Because I liked what we had. Why did you tell me that we, we don't get to have that anymore? At no point were the fans like, yeah, let's move on from Brady. Great idea. They're, they're ang they're, they're, there's a potential for not a revolt, but anger. So I think paper bags might be a little extreme. The thing I was thinking. Plus, you have to pay 10 cents a piece for them these days at Market Basket. And, and I just found that out. And that is ridiculous. <laughs> I hate it. It is to, the most <laughs> asinine thing. Go anyway. to Trader Joe's. They give them out for free. <laughs> so how long till like the restaurant charges me for fork rental and knife rental added on to the bottom of my bill? Like how long? Uh, would you be surprised if you were to go to a restaurant and you said, oh, miss, uh, excuse me, I'd like to take this to go. Oh, there's a 50 cent upcharge for doggy boxes. Yep. Nope. Well, guess what? But, you know what? I'm putting the chicken parm in my pocket then. Charge me whatever you want because this is the last time you'll ever see me. Go wow. go pork yourself. Um, wow. Anyway, you know what I was wondering if you could see? Remember the famous Browns guy who did the quarterback jersey adding on to it, all the different mm -hmm. nameplates? Mm -hmm. How long till we see like a Mac jersey with the Mac Jones crossed out and the nameplate says like who's next or something? Well, that's it's what I think you could we've see. We've done Cam and Stidham technically because Stidham was supposed to be the starter. So you could start, it would say Stidham and then Newton and now Mac Jones. Like I think you could I have see a, that. You know, Andy, I back in 2016, Truly still to this day, one of my all-time favorite memories as a Pats fan was going to the Brady Returns game in Cleveland, week five. Uh, Cody Kessler got the start for the Browns. Brady came in. Uh, slow start for the defense. They turned it around, whipped their ass. It was a Patriot fan takeover, and just the joy, like, God, that joy. You miss it so much. Just the 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 connection, the the appreciation from the fans. But I met the guy with the jersey. And it was oh, really? like 17. Yeah, it was all electrical tape. Like it was like 17 long. It was now going down his ass. He almost needs to turn it into a dress. Hopefully they feel like they may have found their quarterback. That's why we think Deshaun Watson is one of the AFC QBs with the most approved. But I mean, just to think that the Pats could be ambling down that road, whether Mac Jones has it or they do him a disservice and don't give him an opportunity to prove that he doesn't belong on that jer that wall of shame, the jersey of... Uh, disregard and disrespect if you will and these are the two franchises that'll be playing on saturday night that have least lived that world or i mean you look at it brady and bledsoe was 30 years or whatever yep. it was and Favre and rogers was same thing same thing 30 years Com and now you comparable have, yes right now you have jordan love and mac jones both trying to prove that they are franchise quarterbacks and we shall see in this must win saturday night affair at lambeau field uh the last question, I'm going to ask Patriots at Patriots fan 1986's question, but I'm going to then spin it into a uh, more pointed question as far as ownership and Patriots management goes. He asks, when will media, when will the media admit that this team is unbelievably boring? Being in Australia, we have to be up at 3 a.m. to watch it. It's a tough watch every week, not because they lose, but because they don't have a single player worth watching. I think there are players worth watching, and maybe this season will bring us more players worth watching some possibly blooming developing stars. We'll see. But my question off of this is, do you think ownership is concerned with the boredom factor? And from the Bengals game last Christmas Eve, where there were only 45,000 people there and the preseason game where there were maybe 35,000, if we're being generous, 
Do you think ownership is concerned with the fans disengagement with this team? Absolutely. Absolutely. And first of all, I guess we're not media, which I guess is good because if you haven't heard six rings talk about the entertainment value of this team going back three years now, Cam Newton, Mac Jones, uh, the whole thing, uh -huh. then you haven't been paying attention. But we appreciate you listening in uh, Australia. Good day, mate. Top mm -hmm. of the morning to you down under. That was Irish and Australian. What are we doing? <laughs> and kind of um, English. And <laughs> yep, there's a lot going on there. I didn't want to offend everybody. So no, I, I love everybody. a good accent Perfect. train wreck as much as the next fan. Yep. Good. Um, but no, I yes, firmly believe that the crafts will be well aware of not just tickets sold, but asses in seats and showing up and engagement. They monitor everything from its internet articles to you know social media engagement. They're always at the top of the x i guess you call it now mm -hmm. um followers and things of that nature they'll absolutely be on that because some of it is financial obviously mm -hmm. but then of some of it is just being ahead of the trends of your team and how do we counter this how do we deal with this so yeah i absolutely think robert and certainly jonathan Kraft, as they're going through the analytics not just the visual you know losing games booze on the field asses but deeper analytical dives into their uh, support and engagement with fans, they will absolutely be monitoring that this year because they see and hear everything. They know that people are complaining, oh, we don't have any stars and high-end talent. And I was really surprised. I was with my son and his friends uh, the second that the Zeke news broke, mm -hmm. um, and they weren't excited. It was weird. They were like, ugh, he's he's washed, and like, oh, that's what they're trying to serve us as a star, basically. Like, there was um distaste for that move and i was surprised and that's bad if you're you wow. if you're losing some young fans and the fans that are generally on the edge of their seat for such a signing and excite like you might have a uh as the presidential candidates say a likability or electability issue right now with this team Oof, a dark and dreary dare i say borderline dismal edition of the six rings mailbag but unfortunately we are left to traffic in the reality of the moment and the now and the pats have some work to do and so do we. Our work is to try to cheer you guys up or at least get you prepared for Patriots at Packers on Saturday night. And we will gladly do that as well as give you the FanDuel Sportsbook Six Rings Bet of the Week. Once again, Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by your friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more.